I'm Russ Boris, and this is a track. Our guests today have been staples in the indie rock scene for over two and a half decades and recently released their self-produced 10th album, Path of Wellness. Happy to welcome Corin Tucker and Carrie Brownstein of Slater Kinney to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for doing this. I love that the theme of this, now obviously we run through eight songs on each track and you guys get to split them uh, halfway, but the theme being heroes. Uh, could you talk about how you guys settled on heroes for eight track today? Corin settled on it. And, <laughs> and I'm curious to hear her answer as well. And I apologize for my young dog barking in the background. I'll mute while Corin speaks to heroes. Yeah, I think that, you know, when we think about songs that inspire us and artists that have the kind of gravity that you'd want to choose for a playlist, I think there is this idea of of heroes, of people that can be larger on life than life on stage that take on that kind of brash, intense persona. And those are kind of some of the people that, that we picked from. Also, the David Bowie song, Heroes, is one of the best songs ever. So there's a little homage there as well. Now, is this about when you see somebody with a certain um, you know presentation to their show, does that inspire you to kind of, I don't know, incorporate that for yourself or just you know motivate you to kind of approach live music and live performance in a different way? Yeah, I think that... Um you know, that's one of the things that it is always surprising about live shows, live entertainment, live music, is that people do have a stage persona and it can really add to their music. You know, like Nick Cave, you know, on record, he he is a brilliant songwriter, but live, that guy is a total live wire. And you have no idea what's going to happen at a Nick Cave show. I mean, he could be I, he, in Portland. You know, one minute he's on stage playing piano and doing sort of a somber thing. This minute he's like, he jumped off stage and was, you know, bouncing through the seats at the Schnitzer concert hall here, you know, like a wild man. And um, it was, it's truly inspiring to see someone go through their career and do a lot of different things and still be that active with what he does with a live show. Anything I think that like breaks down that barrier between performer and audience like so much so much of the audience sometimes I mean even when I'm in an audience you think of yourself as invisible or that you're you know you don't have to participate and there are certain performers that sort of require that of you which can be very intimidating but also exhilarating all right, we'll get the first song going here with um, with Peck for you, Carrie. A pretty underrated Australian band, The Go-Betweens. And this is a song called Love Goes On. What is it about this song for you? This is just a band who have been influential for me from the moment I heard them. There's a cat in my alleyway Dreaming of birds that are blue Sometimes go when I'm lonely This is how I think about you yeah, they are fairly, I guess, unsung in the U.S., but they definitely have their loyal followers and fans. I know a thing about lovers. Lovers lie down in trust. It started out, it was Lindy Morrison, Robert Forster, Grant McLennan. Unfortunately, Grant McLennan passed away over a decade ago now. But just this great band. They ended up expanding to a five-piece, and this is from their album, 16 Lovers Lane. They did this thing where almost all of their album titles featured two L's. It's just one of those bands that, like, if you're a fan of them, you, like, sort of follow this weird minutia around trying to figure out, like, 
parsing meanings and you know you've got the McClendon fans and the Forster fans and then you know I love both of them but anyway this is from 16 Lovers Lane it's just such a beautiful song it's one of my favorites we had this night with them in San Francisco it's later Kenny was flying back from a tour of Japan and we flew in we're so jet lagged and we go and we see these guys play I'm gonna spin you they were just playing as a duo at the Great American Music Hall, which is one of the best venues in the whole U.S. And then afterwards, we got to hang out with them, and we sat in a hotel room, and Grant taught me and Billy Karen from Bikini Kill this song on guitar. So that's a story full of so much name-dropping, but I will say that it meant more to me than almost anything. It's like one of my top five experiences. This band just, yeah, they are heroic to me. They always sung about love and life and just the journey of it in such a, a beautiful, understated way. Harry's pick right there of the go-betweens. Uh, next one, we'll go to Corin, And I think we kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier about uh, live performance and kind of larger-than-life personalities because, uh, you know, Lauren Hill, I think, would certainly, you know, be on that list. So when you take a song like Everything is Everything, you know, what does that... What about this song as opposed to the record? I think that this song, it was such a big deal... She just came across as so just like rap royalty. She was so elegant, so talented, and super powerful, and all about that in a way that just really spoke to me. Our philosophy possibly speak tongue. Drums, Abyssinia, Street Baptist, Raptus, and Fine Linen. From the beginning, my practice extending across the Atlas. I begat this. There's a little bit of like her referencing Cleopatra and being super powerful. more powerful than two Cleopatras. Bomb graffiti on the tomb of Nefertiti. MCs ain't ready to But she's also kind of this poet with what she's saying you know like everything's gonna come together and you know everything is related and she kind of had this philosophy that spoke to me when I heard this song at the time go back at all for something like this if you have a moment where you're you know maybe have struggling with a lyric or, or a riff and, and you're doubting what you do do you go back and say like you know oh let me go back and listen to this or, or a song like that does that help oh yeah definitely I mean I think that sometimes if I listen to other people's music and just free associate and write down stuff that comes to me while I'm listening to someone else sing that can like unlock stuff I mean you obviously you can't you can't ever copy someone, but you you get inspired by other artists and, and where their mind kind of goes to. Carrie, so you choose Patti Smith Group, Ask the Angels, you go back to Radio Ethiopia. Why that one in particular? I don't know. It's just such a banger. I mean, Patti Smith is so immense and it's almost atmospheric, her role in culture. Yes, the angels, the calling, the angels, calling to the 
know, it just feels like her DNA exists, you know, like I said, sort of ambiently throughout poems, film, music. And there's just something so gritty and grounded about that song. For someone who can also be transcendent and who can go on these flights of fancy and conjure things that are sort of um, celestial, a song like that, even though she is referring to the angels, like it just feels of the earth. It feels of the road, of the path. And she's just crawling her way across this landscape. Just screeching and scrawling and saying the word wild to the point where you can't, it's unrecognizable. And I love that singular transformation on a single word. You can take a word, a monosyllabic word, and create a whole sprawling story out of it. You know, I, I love so much of her work, but when, when that song comes on, the force of it is really overwhelming. Do you remember the first time that you heard that? Uh, Radio Ethiopia. So I was already starting to collect albums, you know, actual LPs at the time. But for some reason, I only had that on cassette. I, in my car, I had a cassette player. So I had picked that up at a record store in Seattle called Cellophane Square. And there's always a relationship you have with songs that you listen to in your car. And they always tend to be kind of the fist raisers. And so I just remember thinking, you know, I've probably already had horses and Wave. And then I got this album and I was just, I was really floored by it. So I just remember driving in high school, listening to that song. It, I mean, it had been out for years, but I, it was my first introduction to it. And I just thought, oh, she can do this too. Well, she can do anything. So when you have somebody like Patty or, or somebody that influences either one of you, do you bring it to the other and you say like, oh, have you heard this or have you heard that? Even you know, if you reach back for something old or if you hear an artist that's brand new, how does that work its way into your, your writing process, you know, the comparing and, um, and, and contrasting of influences? We still send each other things all the time, you know, whether it's old or new. You know, I just, um, Joan Armitrading, you know, someone else who's a very singular artist who I also admire for just the frequent output over a now a 50-year career. I just, you know, she has a new album called Consequences and I sent Corin. I was like, listen to this new song and, you know, she'd already heard it or like when we're writing stuff, we often will refer to specific songs and the great thing about when you have like a collaboration like Corin and myself is we can trust that even if I send her something as random as Genesis or I remember sending you a Genesis song or uh, a Peter Gabriel song. Peter Gabriel, not when he was in Genesis, but was he, he was in Genesis for a while. Yes. But solo Peter Gabriel. I know that we will never end up sounding like that, but it's fun to just sort of like hear something that you're inspired by and then figure out a way that, you know, it's going to be filtered through the Slater Kinney lens. So yeah, we send stuff to each other often because it's, I think it's important to have a porousness to have intake. You know, I think as a as a writer, you have to be curious and open to to the world, you know, and and so I I never want to shut that off, especially with with music. I'm always looking to rediscover or to locate or to discover anew. 
Corin, have you had a moment where you had something that um, that meant a lot to you that you heard or an artist that you had listened to before you, you brought to Carrie and she's like, oh, I hate that. That's the worst. No, I mean, I, Carrie is, is she's very open and I think we share we really share a musical language. So we really we really are drawn to a lot of the same stuff. You know, I think earlier on in the band, you know, I've always been more of like, I've had like a little soft spot for like country and Western. And so I would be like, oh, I really, I love Dolly Parton. I wish we could write a song like that, you know? And I think earlier on when we were younger, she was like, we can't do that, you know? We couldn't, we physically couldn't do it. We physically couldn't (laughs) write a song like Dolly Parton. I don't think anybody, Dolly can do that. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, as we've gone along, you know, there's, there's just hopefully there's more exploration as you have a longer career in music as a career songwriter you know we we do really try a lot of different things and so I would say that you know now more than ever we're open to trying you know listening to different things getting ideas from you know unique sources that we might not have been open to years ago Corin Tucker and Carrie Brownstein of Slater Kinney are our guests today on A Trek. This is Missy Elliott and the Rain. Um, is it Missy? Is it the Rain in particular? Corin, that was your choice. Talk to me about that one. Oh, it's definitely Missy. Like in the '90s when we put out "Dig Me Out" and we were kind of having this big like you know spotlight on us missy elliott came out with this song and had like a huge hit on mtv we so tight that you get our styles tangled and there wasn't a lot in popular culture that resonated with me at the time except for this song i was like oh that is a woman who's doing something so different than what we're doing we were so punk rock we were so indie you know that was so important to us at the time but she was like you know she took over the mainstream in this way that was super unique and just had you know a persona that was larger than life but it was you know i loved how she presented herself in the video as like an alien like i am so different you're gonna have to try and understand me on my own terms beep beep who got the keys to the Jeep? I'm driving to the beach. Top down, loud sound, see my peace. Give them pounds now, look, who it be? It be me, 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 and Timothy. You know, the way that she spoke in her songs was sometimes really abstract. You know, I love the line, you know, who got the keys to the Jeep? Beep, beep. You know, like... It was it was like a little bit random and weird. And also, you know, she was kind of like taking power and taking space in this way that was like uniquely her. And I just I was like moved by it. This is a track with Slater Kinney. Jam and that's entertainment. And uh, Carrie, that was your choice. There's a pretty significant Weller catalog. He could have done Weller in various forms, uh, but you went that's entertainment. Why that song? I think I was just going off of Corin's theme or motif. There are so many great jam songs, so many great Paul Weller songs, and even 
a few great style council songs, but in terms of a song that I feel like is reaching for something close to heroic and using a slightly different kind of musical language than the jam often used, which was much more succinct and angular, that song, which is still very trenchant and full of the kind of wonderful like critiques and observations that Weller is known for, is like couched in a very different kind of musical world than I think um, a lot of the jam records that preceded this one and is, is different from almost anything on Sound Effects, which is the album it's on. I love thinking about the lineage. I can really hear like the Ray Davis influence in that. Like it reminds me of like the Kings Australia, which was you know their sort of um, rock opera, just a huge critique of colonialism and the British Empire, and in a much more prosaic, quotidian way. Although Davis wrote like that too, you can hear Weller just kind of exploring this daily life, and yeah, I love that. I don't know how they recorded it, and maybe it was just in the mixing, but he allows the background music to overtake him at times, and you sort of hear like the world coming in around him, and his voice is sort of obscured momentarily by other sonic moments. It's almost like he's not getting tired because of it. It is sort of a litany of things, but it's just like he gives up for a moment and lets like everything pass him by. It'd be great if it was intentional, but I'm also fine with it not being. I'm fine with just experiencing that as, as a listener and, and knowing that he didn't mean to. You know, he just stood back from the mic there, maybe. I, I always kind of hone in on tranquility of solitude for some reason. I mean, I, there's so many great lyrics in that song. An amateur band rehearsing in a nearby yard, watching the telly, thinking about your holidays. Like, I don't know if it was, you know, he just was kind of riffing there or if he'd written out these lyrics beforehand but it really does feel like a beautiful like observational poem slash critique almost in the spirit of Walter Benjamin or Marshall McLuhan or something but but with a little British uh, poetry in there too yeah he's definitely staring out the window right in that one yeah uh, I quickly want to point out and of course WFUV listeners on it immediately yes I misspoke the album by the kinks is Arthur the song is Australia. Thank you. Called on it. You are called on it. Called it. Called on it. And you know what? Thank you. Because I hate to be wrong, but I also um, would prefer to be right. <laughs> so now, now I'm right. It's thanks to someone else. There is at least a song on there called Australia. <laughs> These particular discerning listeners, you're not going to get anything past them. So yeah. Well. I love it. That's what's great about radio. I love this. Um, you know, this theme that we're running through with these eight songs on eight track today with Slater Kinney of Heroes. Uh, so we had Paul Weller and Jam. We had Missy Elliott, Tina Turner, Ike and Tina on this one. Corin, could you set up River Deep, Mountain High? When I was a little girl, I had a break of only doll You know, when we're talking about heroes, Tina Turner, you know, what she went through as a human and an artist is just, it's incredible. Someone that went through being a gospel singer, being with her husband, with Ike and Tina Turner, and how difficult that relationship was for her. I love you, my, oh my. 
she just persevered, how she, you know, kept going and, and did so many different things with her career, you know, with what's love got to do with it. At like 42, she came out with that album. Huge, huge international hit. You know, the acting, like just everything that she's done with her career has been about professionalism, talent, character. I mean, she's just got it all, you know, but she's an incredible gospel singer and performer. So this song for me was just like, you know, it was about taking that and, um, you know, saying that I'm going to persevere no matter what. This is 8-Track with Slater Kinney. No, I don't want to love you. Because I know how you are. That's why I've been staying away from you. That's why I haven't called. Another couple great choices from Slater Kinney's Carrie Brownstein and Corin Tucker. Betty Davis' anti-love song. Ike and Tina in River Deep Mountain High in there as well. Carrie, I don't know if the object of Betty's affection is supposed to be excited or scared to death because the phrasing in there is just such that it's like, I'm in for a like, crazy wild night or I'm just going to be terrified. It's kind of amazing. That's why I don't want to love you. I think that's what's really magical about Betty Davis. You know, it's she's luring you in and rejecting you at the, the same time. And there is so much ache in her songs, even the ones where she's singing about love or, I mean, as she calls it, anti-love. You know, I think she just put everything into this really hard-sounding funk. And she had a lot going on in her life. You know I could make you cry. Just as hard as I'd fall for you, boy. Well, you know you'd fall for me hard. You know, she was with Miles Davis for a lot of this time, and that was, by her accounts, a very abusive relationship. And I think she, you know, crawled her way out of it inside of these songs. And she was, you know, critical of society. I mean, I think she did a lot of rejecting and embracing simultaneously. And that is... I don't even want to say that's heroic because I think that, you know, romanticizes it too much, you know, but that struggle, I think, is very real. And the way that she had the ability to kind of artfully express pain that was tinged with joy on occasion is is really beautiful and just indelible. That's why. There's just no one, there's no one like Betty Davis. I mean, not before or since. She was outside time, sort of, and ahead of her time. She's just incredible. It's uh, an interesting sort of serendipitous moment as you had Betty Davis and Tina Turner in there and you had a couple of women who used their art to rise above everything they had gone through and kind of built their careers just based on, you know, the, the way that they they found strength in that and, and the power. Um, Corin, just to go back to Tina for a second, you know, 
you talked a lot about her vocal style and you know do you have moments for yourself where you're not that you're going to try to emulate Tina or something but do you know in these artists that are your heroes and these songs that you try to hear do, do you try to feel like where can I take things where can I push myself differently than I have before yeah I mean I think that is something about having vocal heroes is it is based on inspiration instead of imitation hopefully you know and I think that you know, being a singer for a long time, you know, you do want to try and do different things with your voice if you can. And I think that's something that, um, you know, we worked on, on, on our most recent album. For me, I, you know, I worked on the song High in the Grass and I did something, you know, different with my voice in that I sing in a, like a higher register, you know, and it's maybe not what people were expecting from me. And that's good. I think, you know, trying different things, different challenges and, you know, different places that you can go with your voice over time provides you with a richer catalog, provides you some different things to sing over the course of the night. That's going to be, you know, a bonus for you as, as you, you know, keep playing songs over time. Well, if you're not growing, what are you, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, this has been absolutely a pleasure to have you both. Thank you so much, Carrie and Corn, for being our guests on 8-Track today. Thanks for having us. This was so fun. Theme of the show has been heroes, and they're just all such great picks. Corn, um, we're going to you know, set you up for this last one here. Chaka, 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 gone. Talk to me about I Feel For You from Chaka Khan. Man, the song just blew me away when I heard it. You know, like she's just, her persona is like completely out there, larger than life, total powerhouse, you know, and expressing herself and saying, this is what I want, right? Like this is, I'm going to go, I'm going to just tell you, I feel for you. Let's go for it. You know, and like that was that was bold in the time that that song came out. That was like breaking a bunch of taboos. So that's inspiring to me is just to have women who are, you know, able to say like, I'm going to talk about my own desires and my own feelings and express them through music. This is obviously an iconic song, but I feel like that's heightened just enough by the Melly Mel intro. Like, that sets the whole thing on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the whole thing is just like goosebumps. You know, it's just, it's a moment that happens in that song. Chaka Khan and I Feel For You, closing out a track with Slater Kinney. Thanks again to Corin Tucker and Carrie Brownstein for sharing these songs and heroes with us, and also for their new album, Path of Wellness. And thank you for listening. That's a wrap on 8-Track Season 1, and we'll keep you posted on Season 2 at 8trackpod.com. 8-Track is engineered by Jim O'Hara and produced by Sarah Wardrop, with theme music by Caroline Rose. I'm Russ Boris for WFUV in New York.